Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 57 minus 20 plus 10 of Unscripted, <laughs> meaning episode 47. I am one of your hosts, Bill Petrie, and the giggling guy on the other end of the line is the one and only Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how the hell are you? Uh, I'm confused. I mean, if you want to... <laughs> I, that's way too much math for this time of the morning. So, But I appreciate the question and uh, appreciate the, <laughs> the uh, creativity. So how are yeah. you? I'm good. It's 57 minus 20 plus 10, episode 47. I, yeah, sure. I got nothing. It's not that hard. <laughs> uh, I'm doing actually very, very well, thank you. And sounds like you're doing well yourself. It's yes. a beautiful, beautiful spring day here in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And hopefully nice. it's the same up there in Coshocton. It is actually quite lovely today in Coshocton. I'm anxious to get outside in it a little bit. Excellent. Well, as we always start up, we always like to thank our sponsor, and I think people know by now our sponsor uh, for this podcast is Common Skew, and I thought we'd do something a little different. Kirby, you're a Common Skew customer. You, mm-hmm. you run run a promotional products business for quite some time, and I think a couple years ago, you switched over to Common Skew. Yeah. Just what's your experience been? And, and be honest. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's It's been really good. Um, and we, we worked with a couple different um, uh, software systems that I won't name. Um, but the, the upgrade to Common SKU has been just that. It's been an upgrade. Um, we really enjoy uh, the presentations, how easy it is once you have a presentation to convert to a sales order. That's probably one of my favorite parts. Um, but honestly, my probably my favorite part that nobody talks about, nobody, is sort of the operations report. Um, for us, keeping track of orders was a huge challenge you know like we'd created excel sheets and all the you know there was like this elaborate um uh, documentation and using people's memories to try and keep track of everything and the operations report within common skew has probably been the biggest improvement to our follow-up and all that stuff as a company so for us it's been a really good transition that's great. I've actually never thought about the operational reporting aspect of it. So yep. that is a great testimonial. And if you'd like to upgrade your promotional products business by using Common Skew, and frankly, why the hell wouldn't you? <laughs> Go ahead and try it out free by visiting commonskew.com backslash unscripted. You'll be very happy you did. Absolutely. You will. All right, Kirby, do you have some topics today? Yeah, yeah, and I can... Do you, I can why don't can, you get us started? Why don't yeah. you go ahead and fire it up? All right, cool. All right, so I'm actually going to be somewhat in the, the promotional products industry this time. Um, so it's we've been very blessed here in the last month or so. We've had several um, new sales reps start, uh, two new reps from other advertising uh, industry, so radio, one in billboard, and one new person who has no industry experience and no, you know, they're really coming in cold. And so, you know, I'm trying to, as is the case when this happens, you start to find yourself saying the same things over and over again. And so I decided that I needed to do a better job of documenting 
the process and, and the training. And so I'm starting to put down lessons, right, for new sales reps for our industry. And I thought, gosh, what a better uh, resource I have than Mr. Bill Petrie himself and, quite frankly, the audience of Unscripted. So I wanted to see if you had things that you're like, okay, these are things that new reps to our industry really need to know, um, things that they should and I can give you a couple that are off the top of my head if you want to think about it. Um, but, you know, if you have any things that you, I know you've done training within this uh, the space. So Absolutely. what are some basic things that a new sales rep should know about? Uh, first thing is don't try to be a product expert. Mm -hmm. I see so many new people mm -hmm. in our industry who try to, you know, come in to be a salesperson. Mm -hmm. And especially if they've had sales experience before and it's been in a less diverse industry from a product perspective, they think that one of their points of differentiation is going to be mastery of the product and nothing could be further from the truth. Um, I, you know, you, a first walk in a giant trade show in Vegas will, will cure you of that because, I mean, how many different apparel companies sell a three-button or two-button placket golf shirt of, uh, you know, polyester? I mean, there's, what, 17, 20 of them? I mean, who can keep track of that? And which one is this percent moisture wicking and this one block sun <laughs> in this manner and all that? You can't keep up with that. Yeah. And so you have a whole group of excellent suppliers who are more than happy to be your product experts for you. Mm. So number one is don't waste a bunch of time thinking, I can't go make sales calls until I'm a product expert. Yeah. That's, just, that's just dumb. Hmm, I mean, that's, that's a great just point. really, really dumb. Yeah, that's and it's so funny because I, I have told and that's a different way of saying something that I've said to our sales reps, which is you you feel it's hard to feel like you're an expert when you are brand new to the industry. But the best way to learn the industry is for essentially your prospects and your customers to give you homework, because right. then you learn where all those things are and what suppliers you can work with and that sort of thing. So that's great advice, right. dude. I have a second one. If I okay. may give a second one. Yeah, please. Um, you need to communicate with clarity. Your clients don't want perfect. And to fall in a trap and thinking that they want perfect is really going to slow your own sales process down. Cl clients don't want perfect. They want honest. Mm, yeah. They want honest. So I always look at a promotional product sale as a line between two points, right? Mm -hmm. the, the time when you first speak to the client, to the point where the, the merchandise is delivered. And when I'm explaining our, our industry to people, I say that line, there are multiple opportunities for failure. Yeah. Because so many hands touch that order, and it can be anything from the size of the logo, the location of the logo, the color of the logo, a delivery date is hit. Uh, there's a million different things that can go wrong, and we all know that. And our clients actually know that too. So mm. they don't necessarily want perfect. They want honest. So yeah. you need to communicate. Uh, com communicate. Saying, communi yep. Yeah, communicate. You need to communicate, <laughs> you need to communicate clearly concisely and honestly in all communications when something goes wrong say you know what here's what went wrong here's what we're going to do to fix it for you here's what i'm going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again to you or any of my other clients when you communicate that way it disarms people when they're upset with you because remember we're, we're taking care of people's brands here and those things are personal when things go wrong people do get upset oh yeah so that's the second one and i do have one more yeah please this i'm i'm, I'm making notes bro <laughs> uh, be passionately 
curious. I always think of that when I think of sales in our industry. Don't go into a sales presentation thinking that you know what the client wants and needs for their brand. You don't. Mm. Now, they don't either, but I guarantee you, you don't. Right. So instead, think of yourself like a doctor as opposed to a salesperson. So you want to go in and kind of uh, do do an assessment. What's their pain? How long have they had the pain? How, how have they tried to alleviate the pain? What are they willing to spend right. to alleviate that pain? And then come back and bring them some ideas that you have that will accomplish the goals that you two have set jointly. Yeah, that's it. So being passionately curious and, and, and thinking like a, a doctor or a reporter will help set a tone for a relationship that's yeah. much more collaborative than, hey man, I've got these white sea handle mugs that I thought I'd uh, sell to you today, and they can put a, I can put a four color process logo on them. Yeah, and apologize. Train about to come through, so I, um, no way to avoid well, it. Well, as as uh, as the great Steven Tyler once sang, the train kept a rolling all night long. <laughs> yeah. Well, every once in a while, we can time it so that I can mute my mic during that point. But there was no missing at that time. Sorry. No, I probably should have kept babbling because <laughs> I knew the train was there and I should have kept going. But anyway, uh, no, those are super. I actually was really making notes there. Those are really good. Um, and. Um, so awesome, man. And I would love to hear from our audience, too, if they have any specific things that they tell new salespeople as well. I, I'm going to toss in one real quick one, one yeah. more. Each salesperson, you can't have million-dollar dreams with a minimum wage work mm, ethic. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you got to hustle. Not willing, yeah, if you're not willing to get out there and get, get, and get busy working, don't bother. Yeah. Nice. Don't bother. That is, that's a good way to end that one for sure. I love it. That's good awesome. stuff, man. So I've got a tangential yep. topic. Okay. Um, so very interesting, Kent. We do not script this. So Kirby, what would you tell? It's it's what is it? It's uh, May sixteenth as we record this. Mm-hmm. What one industry would you tell a salesperson in your company to focus on to grow their sales through the remainder of the year? So what industry would you have them focus on? Oh man. Um, so I would say my challenge with that it would be the answer is it depends and for me um, and the reason damn I damn you Kirby <laughs> take a stand you know, well I so it, because it depends on the um, interest or expertise of the salesperson um, because I think that a lot of times salespeople want to you kind of talked about it earlier they want to be everything to every everybody mm-hmm. and while you're starting out there's some value in getting as many clients as you can however. You know, if you happen to come from the banking industry, you probably ought to focus specifically on the banking industry because you understand their 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 pains. I, I say that just to say, like, if I'm talking to me right now, the place I'm looking for growth, you know, through the rest of the years, I'm going to start focusing on microbrews because I'm starting to understand the vernacular and what their pain points are. So I I would look to what your interests are, your expertise are, and 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 focus there. Is that okay. fair? No, that's a fair answer. I mean, yeah. and honestly, so I was thinking sometimes salespeople really want some direction. Yeah. Right? So I, I understand where you're coming from saying, hey, follow your kind of passion and maybe your interests and go after that. But there's going to be some salespeople who, who 
really wouldn't even know where to begin. And, sure. and as I was kind of thinking of this topic, it's funny you mention it. I actually thought of yeah. you know craft brewers. Yeah. Because these are it's a growth industry certainly. Yeah, for sure. It's not saturated by our industry yet. Right. Um, and it's all about branding. Yeah. It is. Right? And so whether I'm interested in craft brew or not, as a salesperson, I think I'd want my boss or the owner of the company to tell me, hey, here's where you need to focus on, and here are some points that are important to them. Right. So I guess that's what I was more thinking of. You answered the question, um, but but by you know you answered it because that's a passion of yours, and that's yeah. something your your brain is in on a daily basis right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I would be very curious to think hear what some of our listeners think. What's another industry to focus on? Now I'll tell you one. Another one is is healthcare, mm-hmm, especially sure. here in the Nashville area. There are more healthcare companies here in Nashville than I think any other city in the United States, mm-hmm. and so I would absolutely tell a salesperson, hey, you need to focus on on healthcare and the insurance companies associated with healthcare. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, I've heard in the past, and it's something that stuck with me, it's actually from a book called uh, The Pumpkin Plan. He talks about it a lot. Uh, Mike Michalowicz is the author. And he Mm -hmm. says, the riches are in the niches. Mm -hmm. And so what I said, the reason I, I, I would say that is, yeah, okay, healthcare, great. But we when I'm talking with a new sales rep, when we're having this conversation, and we do, I'm asking a lot of questions in that way. Like, for example, one of our sales reps was just hardcore into CrossFit. Like that was his, he did, Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, then you should, that's within the sort of the healthcare industry per se, but he spoke the language. He knew what what is it mods or what like he, he right. knew all the language and what kind of shirts they were wearing and what the brands that they like so when you are in there i think even within a specific sector you can still go into the niches and really become an expert uh, no question and, and that's what i was saying so it's not it's not just saying hey just focus on health care yeah. so right it's how about the insurance companies that work with healthcare? How about the other verticals? How about the people who are selling medical supplies? Mm-hmm. Or if you're looking at the hospitality industry, right? It's easy to say I want to focus on the hospitality industry, but maybe you focus. You, you, what you should do is really narrow that focus to I want to focus on resorts that are family friendly because right. there's all types of resorts, <laughs> or maybe it's alternative lifestyles, and you have to understand what type of clientele they're going after. Are For they sure. going after a, a high market clientele, someone's going to spend a lot of money, or someone's more on a budget Mm -hmm. so you you start asking yourself all those types of questions and you can really kind of arrive at almost an ideal uh, a target client uh, for yourself which makes prospecting a hell of a lot easier yeah because all of a sudden your first line to the prospective buyer you're speaking their language it 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 decreases some of the walls that are put up no question yeah no question good Good answer good answer All all right kirby got another topic uh, yeah, I was going to go business, but I want to go fun. Is that okay? You can, Kirby, it's half your podcast. <laughs> you, can, you can half do whatever you want. Awesome. Okay. Well, so this is a topic that uh, I wanted to throw out at you um, that's totally unrelated to anything, but I'm, I'm curious to get your feedback and the feedback of the audience. But um, was thinking about my favorite movies and instead of favorite movies specifically favorite comedy movies and i want and so i have a couple of favorite comedy movies that i I, that i can throw out at you um but i wanted to know what some of your favorite comedies were and again i can let you roll or i can give you mine i'll go no i'll go i had a feeling Um, you'd be prepared for this one the uh one of my favorite comedies of all time still is uh, Vacation. Okay, I love that um, one. I've probably seen that 
80 times and I can quote just about every line from it. I'd also have to put Caddyshack in there. Okay. Um, I, I'm noticing a theme. Yeah, well, and, well, I'm going to bolt from that. Theme okay. But and then one of the the movies that I love that that is funny. Uh, it, it's the funniest movie to me of all time. Is this a Spinal Tap? Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> That's a funny. That is quite possibly. You know, for it's it's a mockumentary for yeah. people who don't know, and it's a mock documentary of a of a, a fading rock band in the early '80s, and it is. One of the damned funniest things you'll ever see, and it's still quotable today. When you hear someone say, "These go to 11, yep. or you know, it's it's you know, it's it's a a mock piece. It's you know, uh, you know, it's just such a great movie. There's so many great lines in there. Yeah, um, and there's nothing funnier than when the band is singing Stonehenge, <laughs> and an 18 inch. Stonehenge monument drops from the ceiling as little dwarfs, as they say, trod upon it. So very <laughs> funny stuff. So what are your comedies that yeah. you love? No, those and those are great, by the way. Uh, so uh, my three that uh, that I had scribbled down here, and I, I like these not only because they're funny, but I, I like them as movies. Like, um, and The Hangover is mm-hmm. it, I, that one. It, a, I think that's really funny. And my favorite probably was to watch that with people who had not seen it when I watched it the second time and see their reaction to when Chow jumps out of the trunk. Um, So that's a funny one. Uh, Coming to America with Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall is one of my favorites. Um, and that's a tough one for me. Yeah, no, I love that it's one. It's funny, but I, I think I don't know if it has the replay value. But oh, hey, it's, you, it's, it's yeah. your list. Yeah, no. So I will so, shut up. No, so and then Bull Durham uh, with Kevin yeah. Costner. So and the, the last two, and probably the first one too. It's the, there are a lot of movies that I think are just as funny without you know if you can watch them on cable later. They're just as funny without the uh, the language. Uh, mm-hmm. Those last two are not <laughs> right. <laughs> right, like coming to America. There are entire scenes they have to cut out, yeah. and they're some of the best scenes. So those are those are probably my three. I, I'm going to add one, okay. and it's a comedy that I just identify with. All right, it's, six, it's sixteen candles oh. because when I and I, I will that's a movie I will you know be surfing around on a rainy day and I'll get sucked into every <laughs> single time because. Sure. I was Farmer Ted. <laughs> in every, I mean, if you look at pictures of me from that era, because it was right in my wheelhouse around 1986, man, that is exactly how I dressed. That is exactly what I looked like with the braces. Yeah. And pretty damn near about how I acted. <laughs> so it's, 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 a, uh, it's a very funny movie to me yeah. that always makes me smile and kind of rem- makes me remember. Um, the days of youth gone by. No, that's a good one. All right, cool. All right, well, that was a fun. So I'm gonna bounce. I'm gonna bounce back to the industry real quick. Okay. Um, so Showdown Displays uh, was announced today that it was acquired by a private equity uh, a company in uh, Chicago, uh, Fingston Partners. Okay. As part of a recapitalization event, and obviously financial terms of the agreement were not disclosed. I hope everybody was sitting down for that shocking statement. <laughs> Um, so just a quick yes or no, and if you want to elaborate, go ahead. Private equity money, good or bad for the industry? <laughs> if if they're uh, acquiring and giving me money, good. 
Uh, uh, last time I checked, you are not employed by Showdown no, Displays. I know. Uh, and, and just to elaborate real quick, so I mean, Halo, for yeah. example, has been owned by one private equity company or another for the last, ever since the emergence of the bankruptcy in 2003. Right. So you say for the last, what, 14 years or so, and I think they've been bought and sold by different private equity companies. I'm thinking at this point five, maybe six times. Yeah. Someone might correct me on that. So it's not a new thing, but it seems like a lot more private equity money is coming into the industry. And I want to know from your perspective, is that good or bad, or is it just a – it's just an is? I think it just is is an is. I mean, I probably have a poor taste in my mouth. Just acquisition changed the complexion of Kashokton a little bit. Um, sure. But um, when uh, Lee Wayne purchased JII, um, but – um, that's not a, a, a bad statement about anything, but that's probably my, my initial gut reaction is not good. Well, but I, but I, I think that, you know, if that private equity group allows the, the, the it's, it's a little bit like uh, Daniel Snyder taking over the Washington Redskins, right? If he lets the coaches and the general managers run the team, then it's a great thing. If, right. if they try to take over and play fantasy football, then I think it could be bad. Well, but sometimes, and, and, and just to go back, when, when, Lee Wayne bought JAI, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I can I get it. I completely get it from your perspective yeah. because it completely changed the my backyard um, economic landscape <laughs> of of a far eastern Ohio yep. community. Yep. It completely did. Yep. I would argue that JAI was going to sell to somebody. Yes, I agree. And with that. you generally don't. You know, they they, they sold because they, they were having some challenges operationally, yep. and, and they needed some some money and so on and so forth. Not a bad thing. It was just, that's an is. Yep. And so whether it was Lee Wayne acquiring them or somebody else, what happened to your community, unfortunately, was probably going to happen. Right. It no, and, a, and I... a matter of, matter of who and when. Yeah, no, and I... I intellectually, I understand that. I, I think it's just one of those you ask and first gut reaction. Because honestly, I didn't even know this had happened, the well, showdown displays. And so yeah. when you say gut reaction, what do you, like that was my gut reaction. Well, and I think that's a great response because, you know, we are emotional beings. Right. And so actually, I really like your response. Well, uh, thanks. Quite quite a bit. <laughs> so good stuff. Now, I've got one quick fun one. Yeah, let's you do have it. One. Nope, okay. go for it. And, and the reason I jump in, you had just mentioned this team name. So one of the things that is kind of a kind of an ass whip that we get to deal with every year in sports is the discussion of the Native American names and logos in sports, mm-hmm. right? So we've got the Cleveland Indians, we've got the Chicago Blackhawks, we've got the Florida State Seminoles, mm-hmm. we've got the aforementioned Washington Redskins, the Atlanta Braves. Now, it's gotten to the point where there are certain NFL writers, and Peter King comes to mind, who will not refer to the Washington NFL team as the Redskins. Mm. He will refer to them as the the team from Washington, uh, the team formerly known as Washington. Mm-hmm, I, I mean, yeah. a couple other things. What do you think about that? Now, I, I will just, real full disclosure, I have zero Native, blood, Native American blood in me, mm. so I... I don't know if I'm qualified to speak on it. I will anyway. It's never stopped me before. Um, but I would like your take on that. Um, man, it's you know, it's it's a great question, and I struggle with it too, right? I, I actually do have some small amount of Native American uh, heritage, but um, it, as is the case with almost everything, it's really hard to judge intent. Um, so, and uh, full disclosure, the high school that I graduated from and that my kids both 
go to or went to uh, is the Coshocton Redskins. Uh, so um, I did. I did not. I did not know that. Yeah. So brand new. And I we in Coshocton take fairly a, a lot of us. I shouldn't speak for all of us, but uh, take umbrage with the fact that that's insulting because we have you know we are we feel like it's a tribute. Um, and I understand that other you know people feel like it's a slur. Um, so. I try to be somewhat sensitive to it, but I right. believe again. I think we, our area was the f- founding uh, Delaware Indians was w- who founded Coshocton, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we feel like it's a tribute. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one. But I believe it that we it it's is. much ado about not enough to change okay. a lot of things. <laughs> okay, no, and that's an interesting perspective. And see, I I just kind of uh, I do my own recoil test, right? Yeah. The name Cleveland Indians doesn't necessarily bother me, but the logo of Chief Wahoo seems a little <laughs> bit antiquated, yep. a little bit uh, offensive. Sure. But when I think of names like Chicago Blackhawks or Atlanta Braves, those I don't think are offensive at all. And again, mm-hmm. as, as, as the whitest of white men, <laughs> 100% Scottish heritage, those don't feel offensive to me. Where I look at the name Redskin and that just feels wrong. Sure. Um, but again, I don't come from that perspective that you do. So it's one of those things. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Uh, I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up. It's one of those things that every year seems to be discussed. Yep. Um, we're only two months away from football season. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. And, um, <laughs> and I'm sure the discussion over the team name for the Daniel Snyder-owned Washingtons will, uh, will resume. For sure, for sure. No, that's Excellent. a good one, man. Well, hey, we are out of time. And once again, I want to thank, uh, on behalf of Kirby, I thank our, our friends at Common Skew for continuing to sponsor this podcast. Mm-hmm. You talk about having courage to being part of this co- podcast. <laughs> they have shown an incredible amount of courage. And I think, again, Kirby, just touching on your point when we started off, uh, it really uh, affiliating with Common Skew and using them as your uh, uh, platform for your promotional products business has really allowed you to elevate that. And I know that's uh, what a lot of our uh, audience would aspire to do as well. So if you're looking to elevate your promotional products business, definitely give Common Skew a try by going to commonskew.com backslash unscripted for a free trial. You really will not be sorry. It's truly a tremendous, tremendous vehicle built just for the promotional products industry. Yep. Check it out. I, you won't be sorry. All right, Kirby, we are out. Have a great week. See ya. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday only at promocorner.com, the leading digital marketing service for the promotional products industry.